Hello and welcome, my friends, to Men with Funny Heads, the sci-fi podcast that, if struck down, will become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I am Wib, and I'm joined by my good friend, Longfang. How are you doing there, Longfang? Hello, everyone. I'm alive and functioning in this overly warm and dystopian world. Yeah, I... I don't want to put too fine a point on it, but if by the end of this podcast um, I I am just making burbly sounds, that is because I have literally melted down into my constituent parts. Um, I will keep that in mind and I will will not hold it against you. Because it's... um, My flat is really fucking warm anyway, and um, the extra heat and having all the windows closed and not having a fan on me... Ooh, this is going to get rough. Yeah. Uh, But... But yes, uh, apart from the heat, everything is fine here. Um, totally fine. Everything is fine. <laughs> yes. Uh, sorry, it's been a long time since the last podcast, but sometimes that's just how it goes. Don't worry about it, because we've got a special fun thing <laughs> I, for you This for this time. It, I've, I spoke about it on a few of my own streams and on a sniping web stream at uh, one point. Yeah, my mental health has been like fucked, and it's been difficult to do multiple things in a single day at times, like, I don't know, recording a podcast and streaming. And uh, even when I'm totally fine to... Or I should have a day when I'm free and I can just record a podcast. Anxiety gets to you and then you want to just curl up in a ball uh, and somehow use that ball and spin to the point where the friction allows you to create a hole in the ground that you can then curl up in and stay there for months. So An yes. advanced Sonic the Hedgehog technique, I see. Yes, yes. Um, but we are we are we are here now, and I'm very I'm very grateful because I've been uh, I've been looking forward to doing another podcast with you. So. Good, thank you. Uh, but what what do we what are we doing this time though? You should tell the lovely listeners what we're doing. Oh right, well the conceit of the podcast was that Webb decided to uh, self-flagellate by creating a tournament bracket poll of the best Star Wars ships. After the success of our Star Trek ships episode. Yeah, people seem to really like that episode. And I listened back to it and I was like, yeah, this is a good episode. And even though in terms of like raw number of episodes, it wasn't many episodes ago. In terms of physical time, it was quite a while ago and I wanted <laughs> yeah. to do it again. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this time we have decided what we did was we picked 64 ships from Star Wars this ranges from fighters all the way to, like, capital ships. Mm-hmm. And picking 64 from Star Wars is not complicated. Um, no, because... actually, it was far easier than it was for picking Star Trek ships, honestly. Hmm. And, yeah, we... If if we'd have... You know, I'll, I'll give the rules. Because if we'd, have, if we'd have not been quite so strict with these... Um, then we could have definitely oh, yeah. doubled that number. Oh, but also, for sure. I, I would have probably died trying to manage Twitter we, polls like this. Yeah, this so, was this is the biggest I ever want to see us do Twitter poll kind of bracket <laughs> things. <laughs> so yeah, what we did was we selected sixty four ships because, um, as ever, the democracy that we run on this podcast is one where. You you are given freedom to make whatever bad choices you want, but we give you the scope of freedom that you have. <laughs> you it's pick just what like you most, want, but you know we it, give you the options. Yeah, it's basically like most real democracies. Hey. Um, I made that joke last time as well, and it has not stopped being true. So yeah, uh, 
Um, but we had some rules with what ships we picked. Now, rule number one was that we only picked canon ships from TV and movies. Yes. So that meant there was no material that was solely from the new or old EU mm-hmm. or video games, I guess. Um, which is why things like the Eclipse isn't in there, but also why stuff like Starhawks aren't in there because you know the Starhawk has yeah, been in books. They haven't and it's been in video games on screen yet, as far as I know. Yeah, which sucks. Yeah, but restricting it to TV and movies felt like that would be like a a nice simple way to keep things. Uh, tidy and watch mm. me find out now that there is like some oh by the way in the background of this one episode like a Starhawks in it of like, like what d- resistance I doubt it actually There's... is there a now I'm thinking about it is there a Starhawk in the big fleet in Rise of Skywalker I don't remember that I mean one. there's a ton of shit there but I think we would have noticed a Starhawk because they're kind of big they are because I mean they're made from bits of Star Destroyers Star Destroyers Anyway, the other rules were um, everything we say, unless stated otherwise, will be from the modern canon perspective, so not from the old EU, which mm-hmm. is re- which we'll refer to as Legends from here out, because that's the branding they use for it. And I kind of like Legends rather than just EU. It lends yeah, it it's, some, like, gravitas. I, I think it's, like, it's kind of a, ni- a nice way of separating it without just going new canon, old canon. You know? Yeah. It makes it into it makes it the fact that there are two separate canons not be a big deal. Yeah, I agree. Rule number three uh, was that ships with many different models under the same name, like say the X-wing, will just have a single entry on our list, and we'll talk about different things within them if they come yeah. up. For the sake uh, of simplicity, that just makes life easier for all of us. Yeah, so we, we thought that'd be the simple way of doing it. Um, so. With all that said, um, would you would you like me to list every single ship that didn't <laughs> make the list, that didn't get into our final? Oh, that, okay, that didn't make the finals. Um, yeah, because what because uh, the structure of what, what we're going to do is like last time is after we went through this ridiculous amount of Twitter polls, um, we ended up with a final eight, and those were the eight that we were going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bottom four are just in there in whatever order, because I couldn't be bothered to sort that out. Um, and the last four are in a definitive order. And that's how what we're going to talk about. I'm going to talk about those ones in detail. But all the ships that we put up for voting that didn't make it through, mm-hmm. of which there are 56 of them... <laughs> um, okay... They were the A-Wing, the U-Wing, the V-Wing, the N-1 Naboo Starfighter, the Z-95, the V-19 Torrent, the ARC-170, the TIE Advance X-1, the TIE Bomber, the TIE Brute, TIE Dagger, TIE Silencer, Super Star Destroyer, the Arquiten, Arquiten class. Uh, I keep saying Arquitens. Uh, uh, Arquitens. Uh, Arquiten is apparently how it's supposed to be pronounced. Uh, I'll, I'll stop with the S in the end, fuck you. Thank you to uh, Big Boot Butch on Twitter, who, yes. who told me, because they speak French. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> they told me how to actually pronounce it. Although, uh, to be fair, sorry to interrupt your massive fucking list, but in I, in some games I have played, they say Arquittens, and that just feels wrong in every way. <laughs> it's, it's fine. Um, anyway, back onto the list. 
Resurgence Class, The Supremacy, An Interdictor, Mandator 4, MC75, MC80, ETA 2, Delta 7, YT1300, Nebulon B, CR90, Lambda Shuttle, Omicron Class Shuttle, Luca Hulk, Vulture Bomber, Solus 1, Solar Sailor, MC85, Star Fortress Bomber, Munificent Class Star Frigate, Fire Spray 31, Gazanti, TIE Defender, VCX100, that's the ghost, mm. uh, Razor Crest, Scimitar, Providence class, subjugator class, consular class, hammerhead corvette, J-type 327, a J-type diplomatic barge. Those are two of the Naboo big shiny barges. Uh, Comruk fighter, which is the Mandalorian fighter. Oh, yeah. Acclimator, Republic attack shuttle, Upsilon class, command shuttle, Night Buzzard, the Galleon, which is the ugly ship from Resistance. Mm. Uh, GR-75, YT-2400, Corona class, which is Hondo's big flying saucer, and the Quasar Fire class cruiser carrier. Ah, yes. Yeah. That is all the ones that didn't make it through. Uh, if I remember rightly, the one that did the worst was the TIE Dagger. No one likes the TIE Dagger. We found that out. Well, we both went, yeah, the TIE Dagger kind of sucks, but we should put it in there because, you know, it is at least something that's on in the movies, or in one movie. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, no one likes it apparently. Yeah, and if your favourite ship is in there, um, so that we won't be talking about it in detail, uh, we're sorry, but you can blame Twitter for not voting enough for them. Blame democracy. Uh, blame democracy because <laughs> the amount of the amount of people sending the Palpatine "I love democracy" gifts. <laughs> it's so apt for this. <laughs> So we also had our own predictions of what what we thought should win and what we thought would win. Um, so what we, um, I mean, do you want to say what you thought should and would win? I really thought it would be the YT thirteen hundred, the Falcon, because it's the fucking Falcon, mm. and that you had that down as both should and will. Yeah, because um, if it's. So iconic in terms of Star Wars, it's been in like everything bar the prequels and stuff like that. It's in terms of like the movies, I mean, mm. it's I mean, technically, well, actually, Long Fang, it was in the prequels in the background. Oh, god damn it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, but no, I get, I get what you mean. It is, it is such an iconic ship. Um, it would not have surprised me, uh, would it, would it have won? Um, my one for what I I would I lo- would have liked to have won because it was my f- my favorite in all of those was the fire spray um, slave one. Yeah, like again, like super iconic ship. The Boba Fett effect mm. was in full swing with that ship as well. Mm. But what I thought would win was the Imperial Star Destroyer because, in my experience, people that l- like. Everyone has like their own ships that they really like. Yeah, um, like yeah. their own pet ships. They go, "That's a really cool thing. That's a really cool thing." Um, but people that like star destroyers really like star destroyers <laughs> in my experience. <laughs> so I was like, "I'm going to go with that." Now you might notice that of the 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 three ships we mentioned there, the ones that the ones that we said um, should win both got knocked out in the first round. Yep. And the one of the ones we said would win, well, we thought would win. Only one of them got further, so you know that shows how good we are at uh, at these things. Um, I expect people to vote with their heart, not with their lower brain, and I think people voted <laughs> with their lower brain. 
I don't know. I, I think um, it, it gets weird because, uh, as ever, we never give a quantity by which to measure them. No, that's so, totally fair. So most people are going to be voting by what they think is just the coolest and how they measure cool is up to them. And I kind of yeah. like doing it like that because if we did it like which is the best looking or which is the best... that That's, like, that's a weird the, whole thing to go into. Yeah, whereas when we just say which one do you think is the best, I, I feel that leaves enough kind of uh, wiggle room to kind of... Yeah, have things that may not necessarily do better do well. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what I mean. Uh, we do, I do have a couple of honourable mentions as well. Uh, things that we didn't include in the list for whatever reason that I just like to have a brief like mention of. Sure. Um, one of which is the concept of uglies. Yes, because I love uglies. If you are not familiar, um, uglies are ships in Star Wars that are basically kit bashers that are made from <laughs> other ships. So, like, what is it? The um, the die the, wing uh, comes to mind. The die the die wing, which is um, that's the one that's a Y wing with the um, with the uh, solar panels of a Tie Fighter, or is that the Tie Fighter's ball with the engines of a Y-Wing. I don't remember off the top of my head, because I never remember the names, I just remember the designs, and they're all really fucking dumb and amazing. But they're all supposed, like, well, most of them are supposed to be canonically absolute dog shit. Uh, And you will die if you try and fly them around. I'm pretty sure there's one that's the cockpit, like, main body section of an ATST with, like, is it TIE Fighter solar panels on each side? Yeah, there's all manner of weird ones. Um, the Galleon from Resistance is kind of an ugly, but it's a yeah. big cruiser as opposed to like just a fighter, which most uglies are. Yeah, um, They are present in both new and old uh, EU as well. Uh, the other ship I want to mention is um, the worst ship in all of Star Wars, the Sun Crusher, which is an EU <coughs> thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a a thing that was it, it wasn't as small as a fighter but it wasn't that much bigger and it could destroy suns and was able to take like a, a, a shot from a um, Death Star style super laser yep. and survive yep. um, it's in it, that all that that level of stuff is already like so ridiculously overpowered and silly. It's the power that that, creep issues you come into with any franchise that's mm. lasted as long as Star Wars. Um, it, it's very my my dinosaur can eat force field dogs. Um, yeah, but what? But I think I would be able to swallow that pill if it wasn't the worst designed ship. <laughs> That exists. It looks like an ice cream cone. Um, for people that are watching this on YouTube, uh, I will be putting images up of some of the things that we talk about, especially for the main list. But I'll, I, there will be a sun crusher up, so if you don't know what it looks like, you can appreciate how terrible it is. Yeah, because it's silly. I I hate that ship so much. It's, it's fucking worse. Just... <sighs> I'm not going to sit here and start bashing the EU, but like that's one of the ones where I'm like, yeah, that's why I'm not the biggest fan of the EU sometimes. <laughs> um, I, I have not read the uh, the things that it um, comes from, so maybe the stories are really good. But, yeah, maybe. Um, I, I don't know. 
but I, I know that I have a visceral reaction to it. When I when I first saw it, I'm like, that's the worst looking spaceship I think I've seen in anything. Like, mm. you're making the Liberator from Blake 7 look graceful. What the fuck are you doing? And it's technically flying backwards, for fuck's sake. Yes, that is a ship that is actually flying backwards. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, do you have any any um, like ones you want to give a special mention to? Um, outside of no, honestly, most of the stuff that we put in the poll was the stuff that I liked. Yeah, um, yeah. So nothing outside of that. Although I feel that the Z ninety five Headhunter was robbed, <laughs> as was the Arc one seventy. But that's just me. I don't know. I like those ships. Mm. I get that. Oh, I, I did. I, I did want to mention uh, just just for uh, our friend uh, Lodi, who wanted us to give a special mention to the Naboo Starfighter. Yes, it's a great design, honestly. It's it's a good it's a good design, uh, but it didn't get past the. I don't think I, I I think it got past the first round, but it didn't get very far. Yeah, the the, the N one Naboo Starfighter is just it's a really nice sleek design. It's very much like a sports car, which works so well for the aesthetic of Naboo. Mm. You know? Yeah. I am I, I, I do like it. And also it fits in with the you know, the, the kind of Naboo style of everything and yeah. yeah. Is good. Uh but yeah, shall we get into the list proper? Oh God save us. Yes, let's do that. Okay. So our very first uh runner up is the Y Wing. So there. Uh, the Y-Wing, which is canonically called the BTL Y-Wing Starfighter, first appeared in A New Hope, or more accurately, first appeared on screen in A New Hope, because yes. technically it appeared oh in God. the oh um, novel, it appeared in the adaptation of the movie that actually came out in 1976. Ah, okay. Because, uh... yeah, normal. Uh, but yeah, uh... You know, we see it as fulfilling kind of a bomber role, mm-hmm. and yeah, I don't think uh, it's ever it's ever said in uh, any of the movies what its name actually is, um, but it is uh, shaped like a Y, so it makes it kind of easy to remember. <laughs> you know what? I think you may be right. Shit. If I remember correctly, in the movies, in the original trilogy, I think only the X-Wing is actually mentioned by name at any point. That wouldn't surprise me, honestly. Huh. The rest of them are just there. I've never thought of um, that before. But yeah, the Y Wing. It's your. It's a fighter bomber. It's rad. Yeah, uh, it was. Uh, I will say. Um, I'll go into the reasons why in a little bit, but um, I'm not going to have much to say about like the real world models and stuff like I did with uh, the Star Trek stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so th- I'm mostly going to be talking about in canon things, just That's so the, the listener is me. aware. Uh, but yeah, it, these were originally commissioned during the Clone Wars, um, and so that means that the Rebel ones that we see are old and busted versions of them. Yes. And because they, they they basically required quite a lot of maintenance, and so what they did was they stripped off the armor, because if you see the ones in the Clone Wars, they're like this nice sweeping design. Yeah. Um, but they just took all that armor off them, so they're just left with the basic skeleton underneath. And then they just upped the power of the shields a bit to try and compensate for the fact that they're yeah. basically naked. Which is a fun, a fun little thing. Love, uh, funnily I enough, actually, like that, the rebels take up, well, basically take surplus stuff and just make it work. Yeah, it's kind of a a, a fun kind of way way of doing it. Um, mm-hmm. 
I'm not actually sure what their story was in the original canon. Um, oh, it's, uh, mm. for for the runners up, I didn't go into quite as That's much. That's totally fair. Quite as much detail because obviously it was quite a while before Y wings showed up in the Clone Wars, so I don't yeah. know if they were present, if they still had the same origins or what. Um. But one fun thing is that you might notice in the Clone Wars they have a little um, ball turret on on the back of the cockpit. Yes, the, uh, the Clone Wars ones. Yeah, the the gunner. Um, the Clone Wars have that, but the original models used in the original trilogy didn't. Do you want to know the reason why they they are different? Do tell. Uh, it's because the clear dome that were that was originally going to be on on the back uh, didn't work with the blue screen technology very well. Oh fuck! That's Okay, that's great. Um, so that's why they put it back on when they made the Clone Wars versions of them. <laughs> that was what they were originally supposed to have anyway. That is so good. But yeah, uh, I have a few little details like that, I will say, when I'm talking about the real world stuff. Yeah, so. that's... Oh, that's a nice little callback, almost, to behind-the-scenes. Like, I love it when they do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Like I mean, obviously this was this was before green screen, so Aye. you know they were using the more primitive uh, version of it. Um, do you actually know the reason why they changed uh, changed it to green screen? No, uh, they changed it to green screen because with um, digital cameras, um, they they the the sensor inside them that that decides color uh-huh. um, is split into a grid, and half of them are green. And the other half are red and blue. The reason being that human eyes are better at detecting different shades of green than red or blue. So oh. they made it so the camera reflects at the preferences of what our eyes can do. Um, which and so they, when they when you want to replace a color within a thing, then it's better to use green because there's just a much wider swathe of green available. Okay. So huh. yeah, that's that's uh, if I'm remembering it correctly, I might have got some. Sp- Tiny detail there, Bron, but that's that's as far as I understand it, which I think is is very interesting. Yeah, that's uh, wizardry, black magic, <laughs> yeah. sorcery, literal black magic. It's terrifying. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the Y wing. It's ne- it's never one I put like in my favorite ships or anything, but I I, I like uh, especially the um, Rebel era version, mm-hmm. like the Galactic Civil War version, because they just they just look so old and busted. Yeah. And like out of the what two? I think there's only two ships in a New Hope Rebel like fighters you see in a New Hope. I prefer the Y Wing, honestly. I mean, you're you're right to be wrong, but you know. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> I just like um, how it's a big chonker. I, I get that. Also, X Wings are much more done, so you know. True. You True. see them everywhere, so you know. Y wings retain a little bit of being special because they don't show up anywhere near as much. Yeah. Uh, actually, funny. Or speaking of that, um, the company that made them uh, did actually canonically did start making them again after the fall of the Empire, but yep. they made them in the style of the Rebel ones, um, and they actually like sold them under the slogan of like the Starfighter that broke the Empire's back. Yeah, that's and that's. That's why you see um, a, a very familiar-looking Y-Wing in um, Rise of Skywalker that's obviously a newer design, but yeah. is using the Rebel style. Yeah. Either that or um, that, were, that was the retcon decision after it got put into the movie because it was just <laughs> something from a previous movie. 
Don't worry about it. It's fine. But don't worry about it. Um, but yeah, uh, do you got you got anything to you want to say about the Y wing? Because uh, you uh, know these are just the runners up, so I don't I have mean, super detailed outside notes. Outside of my thoughts on it being sort of one of my favorite rebel fighter type thingamabobs, it's really fun to play as in squadrons. <laughs> it is. It is a fun one. It's not as slow as the B wing. Uh, if you want to go bomber, um, yeah, and I can do some dumb shit with it. <laughs> Man, that game's great. Yeah, I need to go back and play it again. I was talking about this, it just made me want to go, hmm, wonder if there's any updates. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we'll so go back and just, have a If I just stop talking halfway through this podcast, you know why? You booted that up. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll play some games uh, later on. Yeah, sure. Um, okay, uh, so the next runner up was the TIE Fighter. The plain, simple TIE. Yeah, I totally get why it made it that far. Although I thought it would have got into the last bracket. Yeah, it's it's um, one of the most iconic ships in the entire franchise. So, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's full name. It's for the those, Screamy Boy. It is the Screamy Boy. Uh, its full name, for those wondering, uh, is the TIE LN Space Superiority Fighter. Yes. And it's made by a company called Sinar Fleet Systems. It was cheap, uh, quick, had no shields and no hyperdrive, uh, but they had millions of them. And Also uh, no life support, if I remember correctly. Yeah, no, that's why you see them in the uh, having to wear like the full flight suits. Yeah, yeah. Because there's no, like, yeah. Uh, if also if people because um, obviously I expect a lot of the people who listen to this will know this kind of stuff, but just in, you know for people that aren't uh, aren't as sad, um, <laughs> if you are for for whatever godforsaken reason listening to this just for our voices and not for the ships or something, <laughs> yeah, uh, tie actually stands for twin ion engine. In case yes. you're wondering, um. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You mentioned about the the, uh, the scream that it makes. So the uh, yes. do you know what do you know what the, uh, the the noise was actually made by? Like what what it was taken from? Okay. The the worst part of this is I'm sure I used to know. Uh, so the engine roar was created by sound designer Ben Burt by combining the sound of an elephant call with the sound of a car driving on wet cement. The stuff that they got up to to make sound effects in these movies is fucking insane. <laughs> It's great. Uh, that iconic roar in universe um, was apparently used sometimes as a psychological deterrent. Yeah, like they'd I, I get fly that. them, they'd fly them low over populations because it was a scary noise mm-hmm. um, to remind them of imperial might. Um, I'm not going to say to... that's a, that's a a reference to anything, but like, oh boy, in World <laughs> War Two. Stuka bombers were used to that effect at times. They're the ones which, that uh, made the screamy dive bomb sound. Which, which side were they on? Just, just uh, they, they were, they were, they were, they were, they were on the Nazi side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just, just. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, um, you know, Star Wars may occasionally have allegories to things. Fun, fun thing actually. Uh, Tie fighters were originally supposed to be maroon in color. Uh, they weren't oh. supposed to be white. Uh, they weren't supposed to be look like white or grey, depending on which. Or blue if they were toys. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, they didn't. 
mm. they didn't end up going with maroon because it blended in too much with the back with like I was, space. I was just thinking that like it it would blend in too much with the black background and also it would look fucking weird. Yeah, because I mean, obviously we have had red Tie Fighters yeah. later. Um, but when we've actually seen Red TIE Fighters, it's been in sort of the modern era where they don't use the same technology to make stuff, so it wouldn't be a problem. And they weren't sort of like a, mar- a kind of deeper mar- maroon colour. Maroon's getting red. from the point from red to brownie, and it's like, eh, yeah, yeah, that, no, no. Uh, yeah, I think we'd lose all the definition on screen if you did that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the red ties we see in like more modern things, or even just the EU, because like the uh, Imperial Guard, um, yes, like Praetorian Guard had red tie, red tie interceptors, if I remember yeah. correctly. Um, but yeah, uh, the First Order ties on look nearly identical to the Tie Fighters, apart from being black. Um, but those ones do have basic shields. Um, most of them don't have hyperdrives, apart from the two seater SF ones. Um, like the one that Finn and Poe steal. Um, yeah. That's actually a special one, which is why it's got live support and a turret. And presumably had a hyperdrive. Yeah. Um, so there are there are good reasons for that being like it is. Uh, mm. You can tell those apart because they've got the red stripe down the side yes. of the, um, yes. the thing, which uh, the regular First Order ties don't. Mm. Um, but they're functionally the same. Um, although they're made by... Oh, they're made by... Because Sinar Fleet Systems... They system, I don't have another company or something? There's Sinar Jamus, I think they're called. Sinar Janus? Yeah, that sounds right. I think it's Jamus, but I might uh, be wrong there. I could check, but I'm not going to. Um, although, if uh, speaking of like ties with the shields, if you want a tie variant, uh, like a well, tie fighter... You like correct. A... You motherfucker. <laughs> Good. Sinar Jamus, <laughs> yes. Good. Um, but yeah, if you want an Imperial era Tie Fighter that does have shields, then there's the Mining Guild variants that you see in Rebels that yes. do have shields, uh, and also have the front panel of the solar panels removed. Yeah, they've got like, um, a quarter cut out of them. Yeah, so they can see better. Uh, but Which... also, it means that they are less energy efficient uh, because yeah, the big panels on the side are just solar panels. Yeah, they, they collect energy, so it works better. That's that <laughs> they are literally what they you look know. Like. I'm just thinking here, you can cut out parts of those solar panels. It doesn't help when the cockpit window still sucks as much as it does. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you if you have um, played a TIE fighter in any flight game where it has a first-person perspective, Specifically, you know you can't Especially with a VR game. Oh, yeah. I've played, I've played a VR squadrons um, and, yeah, a TIE fighter. Like, you might as well not be playing it in VR. You're basically just <laughs> looking through a porthole anyway. Yup. <laughs> It's it's fantastic. Uh, but then, you know, uh, making sure that the TIE Fighters were um, good, usable... Um, oh, that was not the pleasant. concern. That was not the concern. Because, no. yeah, it was, it was just, we want lots of them. Mm-hmm. And we're not we're not basically going to put too much effort into making them survivable or anything. Like, they have an ejector seat, but TIE fighter pilots canonically didn't use them because all that meant was that they die slowly in space as opposed to getting blown up. Yeah. Because no one's going to come and find them because it turns out the Empire, kind of a bunch of dicks. Yeah. I would like to... Okay. Ideal world, I would like to think that the Rebels would pick up any pilots that actually ejected because, holy fuck, dying in space sucks. I would well, imagine. Yeah. I would imagine if it was like a a fight that they won or didn't have to run away from at the end, yeah. it was 
quite common in at least um, yeah, like, on-screen depictions we see of like rebel rebel uh, warfare is all often like really hit and run so like uh they kind of had to just do what they could yeah um but yeah uh, any any other thoughts you have about the incredibly iconic tie fighter i love how much they suck honestly uh, yeah I, and I, I, love feel... the, I, I love the design not being strictly aerodynamic. They're a fun, fancy spaceship. That is true. They they're are not just a plane-type like... shape. They're not a jet fighter-type shape. They're just a fucking weird H. Yeah, they're, they're just such a weird design. Yeah. But it, you, you just kind of accept that as being a spaceship design. Yeah. Um... Uh, the beautiful thing about... what, uh, Or the great thing about people's imaginations when it comes to sci-fi or fantasy is you don't go well that's a weird design that wouldn't work in real life you just accept that that works in that world and you enjoy it for that fact Mm. oh a fun little fact i just remembered about the tie fighter um so in uh in rebels um because that whole whole series is stylized the tie fighters don't look quite the same as regular tie fighters and in some um magazine somewhere uh, they stated that the TIE fighters that are manufactured on Lothal, which is the planet that a lot yes. of rebels is set around, um, that the TIE fighters there are a variant which have shorter solar panels. Um, and that's why they look a bit different. Which is until an unneeded one of, bit of depth, but also, okay, fine. Yeah, but, yeah, but until one of the people that was behind, that was like one of the main people running the show came out and said, no, they're not. They're oh just regular God. TIE fighters. <laughs> Good. Good. I appreciate that. Oh, shit. Also, do you know the thing about TIE fighters and their, um, and, and the, the reoccurring intentional error with their windows? No. Uh, so on the, uh, I can never remember which way around it is, but, um, when you, well, I think it's when you look on the outside of a Tie Fighter, uh-huh. um, the brackets on the outside of it, on, on the window itself, mean that one of the poles is pointed straight up. But when the, it ever, sh- whenever it shows an internal view of it, there's two going straight up because it's been offset slightly. Oh, um, and that's just a mistake in the production of um, A New Hope. Yeah. Uh, but they've kept it as like a running gag, so anytime you see the inside of one, that's... they'll always do it do it wrong. <laughs> that's so good. Oh, very fun. good, very good. Love um, it. So yeah, that's a thing. Uh, the next, the next um, ship we have to talk about is another TIE variant, uh, because another one got through, which is my personal favourite TIE variant, which is the TIE Interceptor. Yeah, I don't think that's going to be a controversial pick for your favourite TIE variant, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, no. Um, it, it's like I don't know. It it just like it it takes the Tie Fighter's weird gangly design and then just tries to refine it a bit. It feels it makes it look mean. Yeah, it makes it look mean, and and it's and considering what it does, that it is just an improved Tie Fighter. That kind of makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um. So canonically, it's called the Tie In Interceptor because mm-hmm. they Tie variants are all like Tie, like. Slash a couple of letters. LN, SF, whatever. Um, And yeah, it's pretty much just a better TIE fighter. Um, I'm pretty sure the first time we see them is Return of the Jedi. I don't don't know if they turn up in, like... Because I know they've started to do some expanded universe stuff 
then because I think uh, yeah, like Splinter of a Mind's Eye had already come out by then and things <laughs> like that. God. Some of them really yep. early. Uh, really early. Well, um, Splinter of the Mind's Eye came out before Empire did, I think. Yeah, yeah, it did. it's it's in a very interesting place with the the canon. Um, yeah, that, especially that's considering like, Luke and Leia. Oh boy. Um, oh yeah, those, those the the original books are like the most non-canon, non-canon <laughs> stuff. Like they were non-canon. Like I think Splinter of a Mind's Eye was canon for what, like a year. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those ones. Um, when it comes to the Interceptor, though, like just. It's. It has to be Return of the Jedi. The first time it turned up on screen because it wasn't an Empire. Yeah, it, that was the first time it showed up on screen. Yeah, I know that much. Um, unless did it turn up in like the holiday special or something? I should stop. Oh thinking god, about damn it! Stop! Um, stop! Anyway, the Tie Interceptor was a faster, more maneuverable version that had more guns and. Its distinctive dagger-shaped wings actually allowed for a wider field of vision because it has those big notches out of them, so yep. you can kind of look around. Again, Tie Fighters and their field of vision is fucked anyway, but this oh, yeah. at least mitigates it slightly because when you look out of your incredibly small window, um, at least you've not got huge solar panels either side of that, yeah, um, covering up everything. Uh, it still didn't have a hyperdrive or shields though, um, because, of course not. Yeah, well. Uh, um... On that point of the hyperdrive thing is, yeah, uh, the Empire were going with fleet-based tactics, so fighters were in support of big ships. Yeah, and it also stopped defectors from getting away quite as easily. Yeah. Unless they were in a TIE Advanced V1 like that one guy in Squadrons. <laughs> like one guy. <laughs> I can't um, remember his name right now. Oh, <laughs> Uh, in Legends, um, Interceptors were sometimes called Squints. I don't like Do you know that. What? Do you know why? Why? Because TIE Fighters were called Eyeballs. Oh, god damn it. That's awful. <laughs> <laughs> um, <sighs> Uh, apparently, also in Legends, there's a bunch of conflicting stuff about the timeline of like how it was made and introduced, yeah. and the exact amount of guns that it has. Uh, so we're just going to ignore that. Um, I mean, as far as I know, it's four. It's six. Yeah. See. Yeah. <laughs> or or four, or two. <laughs> because four sounds right to me because they're at the ends of the solar collectors, but then also. The original TIE Fighters had the uh, the weapons below the cockpit. Yeah, and you see the chin guns firing in Return of the Jedi. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I believe the explanation that was come up with it in the old EU is that some of is that by as a standard they're fitted with the four guns on the end of the wings. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes they are fitted. They are fitted with extra guns on the chin because the mounts are still left there because they're just using or, standard Tie Fighter parts. Or they're retrofit. Uh, they are Tie Fighter ball cockpits retrofitted with Tie advan- uh, Tie interceptor parts. Possibly. So they have the cannons. I don't know. Yeah, it's a it's a whole thing. It's always a whole thing. Um. Yeah, I like to say it's my my personal favorite one. Uh, you, I think uh, you generally see them in a slightly darker shade. They're in that kind of yep. like bluey, blue yep. gray sort of color usually. Um, which yeah, is quite fun. Um, the uh, first order had a couple of ships that look very very similar to. Yeah, it. I vaguely remember Kylo Ren had a really weird one. Yeah, he had one called the Tie Whisper. That was um, it. Which is the one he has in Rise of Skywalker. 
yeah. uh, which is like a much more modified one. Um, there's also the Tie Baron, which we see a red one of in Star Wars Resistance. Uh, oh, that is, yes, yes, it right. looks like it looks like a Tie Interceptor, but the the wings don't have like the hard angles on them. It's actually like a curve. Oh. Um, it's a cool looking ship, actually. That's interesting. Um, yeah, that's that's got some of the the Tide Advance V one sort of stuff going on then. Oh, yeah, it's actually I, I do I do quite like it. You you don't see it much because Resistance is kind of a, a a thing where there's interesting ideas happening and then they never do explore them. Yeah. Um, I really like the Star Wars animated series, but Resistance is the one I always tell people you can. Re- Resistance it's is the weakest fine. one, as far it's as it's the know. weakest one by a long margin. Like, it's 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 no Rebels, it's no Clone Wars, and it's no Bad Batch. Um. Oh yeah, please no spoils in the comments about the Bad Batch. Oh yeah, yeah, no spoilers for things. Um, but uh, oh, also uh, the other the other thing that the. Um, First kind of first order has is the tie dagger, which is also kind of similar to a tie advance, but also not really. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it sucks and it's bad, and everyone and 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 everyone hated it on the polls, so mm-hmm. that's probably fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, any, any further things to say about the uh, the tie advance? Tie interceptor. Tie tie interceptor. Yes, that one. <laughs> too many names. Too many names. Um, no, I think we covered it all. Really. It's awesome. Cool. Well, um, speaking of awesome ships, uh, now we have um, we have the B Wing or the ASF zero one B Wing Starfighter by Slane and Corpel, the best Star Wars Starfighter. I'm not biased about that. Shut up. Also known as a Blade Wing. Yes. yeah, the the B wing is that weird gangly thing you see in <laughs> Return of the Jedi, um, and with a gyroscopic do, cockpit, it, with a, a gyroscopic cockpit and little little less foils that pop out, um, and you never see it do anything. But there is a really good reason you never see it do anything. Is it because they couldn't work out how to make it do things in the filming? Basically, yeah, uh, because it's so thin from most angles, it they, it was just really oh. hard to like sh- like photograph it and like yeah, get with, it like camera technology at the time. It would have looked not great, probably. Yeah, so you yeah, don't okay. actually see it do that much for that reason. That's a shame. Yeah, which is uh, it. Ma- it makes sense though. Like it's just such a weird and awkward looking ship that I've just always loved it. Yeah, it's so no, weird. No, I, I fully understand your love for it. Um. Yeah, it's uh, like intended as like a kind of blockade buster with um, you know heavier weapons than you usually see on starfighters. Yep. Um, so it's not very good at like at dogfighting. It's not a dogfighter in the fucking slightest. Yeah, it's supposed to take on like capital ships and things like or that. Or at least That's cruisers, just be yeah, yeah. It's supposed to take on much larger things than itself and mm-hmm. and bomb the shit out of them. Yes. Uh, the B in it, as you said, um, in universe stands for blade. Um, but out However, of universe, I know out that's of one. U- yeah, out of universe is a couple of different meanings for it. Um, the A wing and B wing are called so because when they made um, new ships for Return of the Jedi, um, they were just like, okay, so we've got Rebel fight, new Rebel fighter A and new Rebel fighter yeah. B. The A, A just happened to kind of look like an A, so yeah. that one made sense. 
and everyone was left going, why is the B-Wing called a B unless... <laughs> yeah. You try, you look at it from every angle and go like, there's no way you can there's think no of this bee as here. looking like a B. There is no B here. Um, but yeah, it was just because it was the the other fighter. So that was why, yeah. that's why it really is called the B-Wing. Although it, most of the design work was done by a guy called Bill George. Um, so they were also nicknamed Bill Wing Fighters. Yeah. I love that one. That's really just kind of adorable to me. Which is great. Um, yeah, uh, oh, by the way, its cockpit canonically can detach and has sublight engines, so it can use it as like an escape pod. Yeah, I vaguely remember reading about that, yeah. Um, makes sense. Because yeah. there's no other way you're going to fuck. Like, you're not going to get anybody else in that ship to escape. It's like the cockpit's the only bit that even is sized for a person to be in. <laughs> it's the weirdest fucking thing. And also, it had a turret at the other end as well, didn't it, if, originally? I was just about to get to that, my friend. Oh, I'm, cool. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, the B6 prototype, which was the prototype version of it, had um, many features uh, that were uh, not seen on the final version. One of which was a secondary seat for a gunner at the other end, which in the episode of Rebels it shows up in UC being yeah. used. Um, the uh, all the episodes called Wings of the Master. I don't actually write that down. Oh. If you're interested in seeing that one, it's a good uh, episode. Yeah, it is. Um, it has a composite laser on that one as well. So, yeah. like you know, the Death Stars laser, where it's like several lasers come together to make one. Uh, the B wing there have that. So the guns at the end of its wing, at the end of its wings, the one at the the big gun at the end of its tail, and it had one in the chin, mm-hmm. all made a composite thing that could take out like a fucking cruiser. Yeah. Like, in one shot. That was not in the final version, either. No. Although you um, could arm it like that in squadrons. Yes. And it was a it was weird to use. It was a bollock. <laughs> it was not good. I tried it a few times, but I, I ended up settling just for mounting every rocket and bomb conceivable into that thing. Yeah, it and, works. And, yeah. It worked out okay for me, anyway. Um... Yeah, there is also a Resistance era version of the ship yes. that is uh, a much more angular. Yeah, um, and just like the original B wings, you see do fuck all in yep. uh, Rise of Skywalker, where you see it as part of the um, the Resistance fleet um, initially. Uh, so you, I think the first thing that happens is they some of them um, like come out of hyperspace, and then one of them gets like instantly fucking blown up. Oh god damn it! <laughs> you do at least see one take a few shots at Good. one of the guns like, underneath the Zeistan. I think Z- they're called uh, Zestian Zeistan. Zeistan. Like that. Uh, I've got it written down somewhere. Uh, uh, but anyway, I, th- I think I think you see it fire. You know, you see it take a few pot shots at that. But that's all you really see. But that fits because they didn't do much in the original appearance. Anyway, Give them so a chance, goddammit. I can't, I can't really complain too much. You get to see one be the star of the show in that one episode of Rebels, so you know that. Oh yeah, that works fair, out fine fair. For me. Uh, but yeah, they are they are my uh, they are my favourite um, fighter in, mm-hmm. in Star Wars. Um, I, I you might notice that the fact that I said that and the one I wanted to win overall was um, Slave One. So you may notice that I have a bit of a thing for the slightly awkward ships that fly weird. Yeah, I don't know why. It's like it's, it's like. Any ship that flies strange, lands strange, or is asymmetrical, I just have a soft spot for. Yeah. Totally why I've always liked the Millennium Falcon. Like, I've just yeah, always loved the design of it. Yeah. 
I, I remember when I was a kid, I'd always used to get like kind of like low key annoyed that everyone's like, "This ship is a piece of junk," and I'm like, "Well, I like it." <laughs> oh, bless. <laughs> but yeah, um, but yeah, I think that's apart from saying it's the best ship, um, and you are all fucking heathens for not having voted it to be the best ship. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got it here, so I'm at least grateful of that. So I'll forgive you all. Uh, you you did get some time to try and talk to everyone about the majesty of the B wing. I did. I did. You, you let me have. You let me talk about it and how much I love it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just a fucking weird shit. Uh, but yeah, have you got any final final things to say about that before we move on? Uh, no, I think you covered everything. Honestly, um, I need to go back and watch that episode of Rebels again because it's really fucking good. It is, it is. Um, speaking of um, things that show up in animated series a lot... Oh. Um, we are now getting on to our four finalists. So, in fourth place with... What if I... There we go. I, I forgot to have the, the page up that, that told me... It's fine. Percentages it's were. fine. Everything is <laughs> fine, fine, everyone. It's <clears throat> fine. Okay, so... In fourth... With 22% of the votes was the LAAT, uh, the Little Republic dropship, a little, rep- a little gunship, whatever you want to call it, yep. uh, that was used throughout the Clone Wars. Um, which, yeah, the LAAT, which stands for Low Altitude Assault Transport. Um, but that, simply calling it an LAAT is actually several things, um, some of which look completely different. So the one we're specifically talking about is the LAATI, with the I standing for infantry, of which it could carry 30 of. Yes. Uh, Um, We had a fight about this, or not really a fight, a a light debate about including this. Yeah, because... So... Straight up, it is a spaceship. Yeah. It is a starship. It can travel through space. It doesn't have a hyperdrive because that's not what it's for, but it mm. can travel through space. But it's a dropship. It's used mostly to just drop people down onto a battlefield and used for in-atmosphere stuff 99% of the time. So yeah. it felt a little weird to include, mm-hmm. but it also absolutely it's an can icon have a place. of the Clone Wars. Yeah, and obviously people were fine with it because they voted it into fourth place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I did feel it felt a bit strange to include it, but also there's no reason not I, to. I just, I just want you all to know that I fought for its inclusion. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, you can you can thank Long Fang for the fact that it ended up in there. Because <laughs> I, I probably would, if it was just me doing it on my own, I probably would have gone, <clears throat> mm, nah, it's more of an in-an-atmosphere no. thing. And yeah. you're totally correct, and you're like skepticism about putting it in but at the same time it's just fucking cool it is i i I get that i get that um so and because this is part of the uh part of the finalists i have got more tedious (laughs) in canon information for it Mm -hmm. so Uh, the LAATI is 17.4 meters long and has a wingspan of 17 meters. Uh, it was made by Rothana Heavy Engineering, who were a subsidiary of Kuat Driveyards. Uh, oh. Kuat Driveyards are the people who make um, things like, you know, ATATs. Star Destroyers as well. Star Destroyers, yeah. Um, 
uh, Rothano being a subsidiary, they did actually make a couple of things, other things for the clones. Uh, they made the acclimators, not the venators, weirdly, um, no. and ATTEs. They also made those. The the uh, the best walker, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> you know, me. I don't. Hmm. I, you, that's one where I'm like, I don't agree, but I'm not going to fight you on it either. If you know what I mean. Because I would crush you. I'm like. I, th- I think I still do probably prefer the ATAT, but which also, is totally fair. But also, come but on, it is cool. the TE is like a little bug. It's adorable. It is cool, and I absolutely, uh, and I absolutely get it. And the version that some of the clones live on in Rebels is uh, the version of that is much better than the Atta version. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, spoilers, uh, but it came out literally years and years and years ago, and we're talking about... Oh, don't, don't. I don't want to think about how long ago that was. Oh, God, I'm old. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. We're both in our 30s and talking about fucking Star Wars and the internet. I hate this timeline. (laughs) Oh, you just wait till the next time I get you you on an episode to talk about a literal children's cartoon again. Not just not just this, where we can pretend some of it isn't meant explicitly for children, even though it's Star Wars, all of it is. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we can at least pretend here. Yeah, yeah. But I'll, I'll get you talking about Star Wars, uh, Star Trek, the animated series or something. Again. Fuck off. Um, so, a fun thing. Uh, I, I think this only happened in Legends, um, but Clone Troop is apparently called um, LAAT's Larties sometimes. Makes sense. Uh, which is both the best and worst thing I ever read. Uh, would it surprise you to know that uh, Latte is also a firearms company that was involved in the First and Second World Wars? It it would, since I w- was not aware of that. Yeah. Um, but this was Latte with an R. I know. I think it was. A f- uh, it just made me think of it there. Um, yeah, this the the um, LAAT first appeared in Attack of the Clones, as far as I am yes. aware. Um, and yeah, it is inspired by. Um, okay, I've got the proper full name of it. It's the Mill Mi Twenty Four Hind Helicopter Gunship. Ah, um, a Hind D. Yeah, what's a Hind D doing in Alaska? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that is the specific thing that it is is based on. Yeah, um, it's 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 a yeah. I, actually, yeah, that makes the most sense when I when I think about the the cockpit and everything. Mm. Um, it fulfills that sort of like Black Hawk role in the U.S. Army, and I love it. Yeah, it's also like because it, it, it has a few. It has you know, it's kind of weighed down with a shitload of different weapons. Yeah, because it's got like it's got like a couple of ball turrets on the wings. It's got a couple of big missile launcher, like yep. big like missile launcher things on its on its back. Mm-hmm. Then it's got a couple of um, turrets on the nose, and then mm-hmm. it's got the two ball turrets on the side where um, clone troopers are impis- imprisoned inside the shame balls <clears> until <throat> they, I don't know... They serve penance I, or die. I, I assume it is a punishment. Being <laughs> locked inside those balls. Because it's, like, it's not like a ball gunner in like a World War II bomber where they can crawl into the main body. No, like, no, they are on an arm and that's it. Like, imagine if you were the, like, if you came down in that thing from orbit and you were just in one of those balls. Mm-hmm. I do think they actually can go either inside or be, like, actually part of the superstructure, though, so it's not too bad. But also, Jesus in? fucking Christ. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think, I don't think they, they are. Because, like, to pull themselves in, they'd have to open the doors. And that would mean everyone inside it would die. Oh, no, 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 I'm not talking about when they're 
like outside of the atmosphere they do that. But I think that they there's something about that I remember reading somewhere years ago. Um, okay. But it could be completely wrong because... Uh, I mean, a lot of them just don't have them as well. Yeah, that's. I think that's the reason why people kind of debate if they're like retractable or something. Um, uh, what was I going to say there? I don't know. Personally, um, I think they look a lot better without the balls. I agree. However, the first time you see them in Attack of the Clones, which I will still stand by and say is not a great movie until the Clone Wars fighting starts. Um, the the middle, the, the like second act of that movie is basically unwatchable. I agree. Um, I liked it a lot better than I did when I watched it when I was younger, because I watched them again recently. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, that is... Oof, that movie's yeah. rough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, when the first gunship comes down and lands and every gun is firing and the turrets are picking up, <laughs> it's the best! Oh yeah, speaking of the composite laser thing earlier from the B-Wing, uh, the, the little, um, the shame balls... Uh, the punishment spheres. Yeah, they're, they're little composite lasers as well, aren't they? They, they are little composite lasers, yeah. Yes, because they've got a little dish. They're like a fucking yeah. 50s ray gun, I love it. There is a lot of 50s ray gun aesthetics in the uh, in Attack of the Clones. Like, yeah. Especially in the, the um, like, Separatist army. Yeah. Even, like, the fucking clone helmets with the fin on it, that's very of that time as well, with car design. But it looks, they look like the Rocketeer. Yes, they do. Hmm. Lucas didn't um, have a hand in the Rocketeer, did he? <laughs> um, I don't know, but I'm looking because I that because I'm like looking, thinking about it, and going, "Oh, that wouldn't surprise me if he did." Um, he doesn't appear to. <laughs> uh, it was made no. by ILM. Uh, okay, well, I mean, yeah, but ILM had to do with like basically every movie after they got made. You are correct, <laughs> but like, hmm. Anyway, uh, that that tangent aside, Rocketeer's um, a fun movie. You should watch it. It's really dumb and cheesy. I've not, I've not seen it in a long, long time. I should probably could probably watch it again. I remember seeing it as a kid. Um, oh, one thing. Also, uh, the mafia fights the Nazis in it. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I want to see that now. Uh, or rewatch it. Um, so, uh, one thing uh, that you might have noticed on LA80s is that a lot of them have nose art. Yes, um, painted on them. Possibly please, the most. Please don't talk about the Padme one. Please don't talk about the Padme one. The I think the most well known one is uh, I forget what that one was actually called, but it's the one that was in Clone Wars, the cartoon, not the Clone Wars. The what was original. what was the design on the one that you're thinking of? Uh, with the which has a big snarling rancor mouth on it. Oh no, I don't know that one. Uh, so it looks like um, the big mouths they put on things like um, an A10. Um, playing mm-hmm. or like, a, looks like, like a P fifty one Mustang or something like that in the Second World War. Yeah, yeah, those kind of like angry, angry faces. Uh, yep. That's probably the most popular, uh, like the most well known one because I made toys of that one and everything. Yeah, and however, I know there is a, at least two of yeah. Top there's, there's a ton of them um, that they added and nice high res um, reproductions of the um, nose art does exist online, which yeah. is great. Um, so I did write down some examples um, on what they are because they never draw attention to them. But if you're watching the Clone Wars and there's an LA-80 on screen, especially as the, the show goes on, look for this nose art. Because also, them- um, if it has any Orabesh, the, the the writing and uh, language of Star Wars, like the common writing, um, see if you can find a translation of it because usually it's amazing. 
I'm sure yeah. that one's going to come up in this. Well, I, I wrote down four of them. Okay. Um, which is uh, one of them, which is which is called the Lucky Leku. Yes. Uh, which has a, a female Twi'lek in a clone trooper armor. Twi'lek. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, if, if you're not familiar, a Leku is, that's what they're, uh, a, head a tentacle. Twi'lek's head tentacles are called. Yep. Um, there's another one called Bantha Pudu. Oh. Which is I didn't remember basi- which is basically like calling your plane bullshit uh and the the icon uh, the little art on it is a bantha with comedically small wings dropping bombs good good I love it um there is Dooku boot which has <laughs> a clone trooper boot kicking count Dooku up the ass good <laughs> and my personal favorite Plo's Bros. That's the one. <laughs> which has a, a picture of Plo Koon and a couple of clone troopers. Yeah, it's, it's Commander Wolf's squad. Latty, I think. The Wolf Pack. The Wolf Pack, uh, that's the one. Um, and and uh, Master Plo Koon, the Jedi Knight. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, when I was looking through them and I noticed it, and then I, I think I watched, because I've been re-watching the, um, the Clone Wars recently, and I actually mm-hmm. like saw this one in, in the show, and I was like, ah, that's Plo's yeah. Plo Bros. Yeah, um, Fuck yeah. For those who don't know the Orabesh on it, actually translates to Plo's Bros. Yeah. And the reason that they have so much wolf iconography is Dave Filoni is a huge fan of Master Plo Koon and uh, is also a big fan of wolves. I didn't actually know that. Yep. That's why uh, when he appears, when Dave Filoni himself appears in uh, The Mandalorian, his character's name has Wolf in it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The the one that he didn't mention that springs to mind is the Crumb Bomber. Yes, it's got Salacious Crumb on it. It's got got a Kowakian monkey lizard. It's Salacious Crumb. But yeah, all, all the the nose art is great, and, mm-hmm. and it's I, I like that they don't draw attention to it. It's just a thing for you to notice. Yeah, that uh, actually one of the uh, there's one episode I remember reading about behind the scenes stuff. There was going to be a point where Anakin sees one with Padme pinup art on it, and I'm kind of <laughs> glad they didn't do that because I I I think it's better they don't actually zoom in and highlight what the clones have done to customize their ships like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, speaking uh, with with the LAATs, uh, there are a couple of variants of the LAAT mm-hmm. um, that are uh, that because um, obviously there, there is those. There are other things that are called the LAAT that aren't that same thing. Like yes. there's the ones again. They show up a bunch in Rebels, uh, which are the ones that have kind of like Tie Fighter style. Yeah, that's um, the Empire's like new version of the same thing, basically. Yeah, um, which. They're also called LAATs, but yeah. they're not the same thing at all. Mm. Um, but there is ones like the LAATC, which is the one that you see dropping down ATTs. Yes, um, the, that's the one like that's the, basically got the big cutout in it to hold walkers. Yeah. Rad. It's it's literally the exact same thing as for the uh, 40k fans listening as the Thunderhawks that have the bits missing so they can drop rhinos onto the battlefield. Yeah. It's literally the same thing. Yeah, it's the same idea. And it's great, uh, and it's perfect, and if you think differently, I will fight you. F- fair. I believe those also have, they're also, like, have a longer wingspan as well. Oh, I think they are slightly, wingspan. their dimensions are slightly changed. Like, it mm. may have a slightly longer body and wings or something, but, yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, these things obviously show up, like, a ton in, yeah. in the Clone Wars, because they're the primary mode of transport in atmosphere, and to get from 
orbit to atmosphere for yes. clones. So, you know, uh, they show up a lot. Um, any last things to say about them? Oh, they have a really amazing engine sound. They do have a fun engine sound, yeah. Yeah. Just just came to mind there as we're finishing up. Yeah, engine sounds rad as hell. Uh, I mean, that's or, that's or... the thing with um, Star Wars in general. Like, just for for any faults that I may be able to pick with it as, like, a franchise, um, the one thing it's always nailed is, like, sound design. Agreed. Um, like, you know so many ships purely by, like, their engine whine. And mm-hmm. I've, I've said this before, like, um, the fact that you can quite often tell what company made a ship purely by how its engine sounds. Yeah. Like, the amount of times I'll see something, you'll hear something and you go... Oh, that must be a Corellian ship because their engines all have that kind of whine to it. Mm-hmm. And then I look it up, and it's like, oh yeah, it's made by like a Corellian subsidiary. Like, okay. yeah. <laughs> uh, which is which also because we're fun. huge fucking nerds, Web. There is that too, and then you've got <laughs> then you've got shit like you know Subulba's Pod Racer and the thunking that, like fucking diesel transit that needs a fucking yeah. uh, checkup. <laughs> like, jug, 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 jug. oh great. And then Anakin's pod racer that sounds exactly Just like a F1 Formula car. One, <laughs> yeah. which and like because I remember seeing it because I, I I I'm sure I have talked about this. It might have been on a stream sometime with you um, about like I I used to go to Formula One races a lot. Mm. Um, like I used to go to the British Grand Prix each year, and so I'm keenly familiar with how Formula One cars not only sound but how they sound when you're physically in the presence yeah. of them, and like how they sound when they're far away from you because they because the noise of those engines travels like you wouldn't believe like you you cannot appreciate how much that noise travels unless you've been in the presence of them mm-hmm. and so hearing the w- exact sound of how that that noise trails off into the distance as it di- like reverberates around yeah. and hearing that on Anakin's um, pod racer I was like thank you thank you that was a <laughs> gift for me Thank you, thank you, George. No, that was that was a gift for George. <laughs> oh yeah, that was because George was just like, no, no, we'd, this 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 thing is going to be. You are not long. cutting any of this out of the movie. Fuck you. Normally, I disagree with all of George's decisions about what to include and what to cut, but that was the one time when he was one hundred percent correct. Yeah. Yeah. God honestly, bless yeah. Him. strange man that he is. Um. But yeah, uh, we should stop talking about pod races and talk about starships. So, Fine. Uh, oh, I realise I never said. Uh, God, I'm a fucking. Uh, I'm, I'm a professional. I never did say how what the uh, amount of uh, votes that the. Uh... Oh yeah, yeah. Oh no, I did say the LAAT. I thought we'd move on to something else. I'm I'm very bad at this. Uh, it's the heat, to... everyone. It's, it's the, the heat. heat. It's the heat. Um, we're moving on to the next thing now, though, uh, which. Is the Venator class Star Destroyer another thing from the Clone Wars? And that got twenty two point two percent of the votes, hey. so it just edged out the LA eighty. Hey, chat, just just you know, between you and me here, it's the best Star Destroyer. Yeah, yeah. I can... <laughs> again, again, I'm not sure. I'm I'm not sure if I personally like that one the best, but I totally one hundred percent understand and respect that decision like that choice you've made fucking look at it it's a refined more refined version of the star destroyer it's a little bit sleeker it's got the twin bridge design it's got the hangar deck thing that you'll talk about in a minute and i don't want to steal your thunder about (laughs) it's rad as shit also it has red on it but it does have red on it yeah and 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 that that means it 
goes faster. Oh, um, it just means it's got a nice highlight color, you fucking weirdo. <laughs> it, it does. The, uh, the Those ones look a lot better uh, mm-hmm. than the later Empire ones. Um, but yeah, uh, the Venetus-class Star Destroyer, which is often referred to as just the Jedi Cruiser because of it being, you know, the, the ships that were mostly used during the Clone Wars by yep. the Jedi and their clone troopers. Uh, it was made by Kuat Drive Yards and is over a kilometer long. So that's a thing. Yep. Uh, it was used throughout the Clone Wars by the Grand uh, uh, the Grand Army of the Republic, uh, but remained in use for quite a while uh, afterwards as well. So the Empire uh, used them before replacing them with Imperial class Star Destroyers. Although, as we mentioned uh, a minute ago, the Imperial ones lost uh, their nice red paint scheme and were just boring yeah. grey. So almost uh, like the Empire sucks or something. Yeah, they suck because they repaint the Venators. That's the only reason. <laughs> I was more thinking about the, the sudden lack of colour and joy and light. Okay, uh, right. <laughs> um, there is technically a Venator 1 and a Venator 2 class. Um, but oh, I, God, I damn don't, it. don't ask me to tell you what the difference is because I don't know or care. Is it that gun turret at the hangar that I was telling you about? I don't think so. Okay. I believe it's... I. When I checked on Wikipedia, I, I don't... If I remember correctly, neither actually said what the real difference was. I believe it's actually mostly to do with the hangar bays. Oh, it might be actually, yeah. That rings a bell in my brain. Um... But yeah, um, these things ha- like so. Uh, if you're ever wondering how bad to feel when you see one of these blown up in like the Clone Wars, uh, they had <laughs> over seven thousand personnel on board and could hold over two thousand troops on top of that. Yep. Bearing in mind, most of the personnel would have been clone troopers as well. I would assume because yes, most things were just stocked with clones. Um, the thing is most notable for its huge ass hangar uh, that runs down the middle of the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, that opens up in a, with a big door and there's just a huge hole left and you can see all the hangers inside. It's really cool. It's the best. It's such a cool design because it, it gives that aircraft carrier fuel to the universe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it's um, it, it basically shows um, that there is a way to design a carrier in Star Wars that isn't a crap design like the Quasar Fire. <sighs> Yep, because that's a ship that someone started designing, and then um, halfway through, uh, they had a coffee break, and then got distracted and just didn't finish. <laughs> I, I don't and then they decided to call the thing the fucking quasar fire. Yeah, it, all it needs, it just needs a little something on the top or the sides of it, just to give it something. It just it, no, oh. it's it's a carrier. It doesn't need anything. I think that's maybe the design not, philosophy behind it. It's literally there just to be a carrier. Fuck you. It doesn't even look, but it's it's not even like most of its space is wasted because it doesn't. The, the actual hangar parts of it are like a relatively like small part of the back of that ship. It's, uh, Shut I up. Hate it. Um, however, the Venator is is that but better, and it could hold up to four hundred and twenty fighters, mm. which is absurd. But that is apparently how many it could hold. Um, and yeah, as you mentioned, it has two bridges. Do you know what those bridges do? Oh, one's uh, one's command of the ship, and the other one's fighter command. It is. Do you know which way around they are? The one on the right's fighter command, I think. Yeah, it's uh, starboard is. Um, Primary command and port is Starfighter. There you go. Yeah, so there you go. If you've ever wondered that, um, I worry for you, but also now you know. Um, 
Yeah, it first appeared in Revenge of the Sith because the one the um, big landers you see in Attack of the Clones were acclimators, which yes. is very very similar. Um, the Venator was first named in the novel Tarkin, by the way. Oh. Uh, okay. So yeah, because obviously they don't really tend to get named. A lot of things don't tend to get named in in like shows very often. Sure, shows um, or movies, yeah. It tends to be yeah. when the toy line comes out. You find out quite often, <laughs> or the cross section uh, ex- books, except for the clone turbo tank, um, which is actually called the Juggernaut. But I yep. heard it the other. I, I heard a thing the other day. The reason why they couldn't call the toy the Juggernaut is because some other company had the rights to make toys called or action figures. With the name Juggernaut on them because they had the rights for the a- a- the X Men at the yeah. time, so they started calling it the Clone Turbo Tank. I'm fine with that. Um, and the Juggernaut, actually, if you want to very quickly have a sidebar, uh, is a design that's been around for a very long time behind the scenes. Yeah, it was originally done for Empire Strikes Back, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was one of the planned. Off. Yeah, it was. It was before they had the idea for the Walkers. It was going to be those mm-hmm. Juggernauts. Again, I think that was a good decision. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think the um, the AT AT scene would be as memorable or fun if they weren't walkers. I mean, obviously, I they would have had to destroy them in a different way because you can't exactly trip up something with ten wheels. But, um, yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, do you know what Venator actually means? No, come to think it's, of it, it means hunter in Latin. Oh. So that's very nice, thing. very nice, and it has an arrowhead shape actually. Yeah, um, with the cutouts in the the side for hanger base. Yeah, okay, that that's really good actually. Yeah, it's 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 a good it's a fun, a fun name for a, a very cool design of a ship, and it's I, I really like it from like a design point of view because it, it is both its own thing, but it is unmistakably in the lineage of a Star Destroyer. Yeah. And the fact that we're seeing, we see most of it in the hands of the good guys, quote unquote. Mm. Um, which, There's a lot of nuance here, don't get it started. <laughs> when you're talking about the Clone Wars, like... Everyone's a bastard mm. in the Clone Wars. <laughs> like... Even even the good guys are still fighting on a side that has been manipulated into fighting a nonsense war. Yep. And if no no one looks good. The prequel cool movies at- the, the prequel cool movies have great ideas, just not great execution, everyone. Yeah. Uh basic I think I think the only people that come out of it looking remotely good are like the clones. Like Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> they they're, they're like the ones who had no fucking choice in the matter. Um but yeah, uh, and but yeah, seeing it as this of this, you know, the good guys roaming around in what is obviously a star destroyer, yeah. and just that it it like is a nice visual cue to what's coming up. It's a bit like you know how the clones are storm, you know, look like stormtroopers. It's, yeah. it's the same kind of thing of that. You've got this permanent little visual reminder of, of what's what will going happen. to happen. Yeah, uh, which is is um, just a really cool little way of integrating that. Yeah, I agree. Um, and actually, if you want the 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 most uh, bizarre fact that I came across when looking up the Venator, um, it is that its engine room is based on the gravity control system from the SDF One Macross uh, from the first Macross series. Jesus Christ, that's some esoteric shit. Yeah, uh, which I don't know shit about Macross. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm not an anime guy, really. So yeah, but that's 
awesome. But yeah, I, I don't really know anything about Macross, but I looked mm. up what the SDF-1 Macross was, and it's like, oh, that's like a fucking capital ship that turns into a robot. Cool. That sounds about right. Because <laughs> I, knew, I knew the little fighter ones that turn into like little bipedal robots. I was familiar with those, but I, right. I wasn't aware that there was also giant ones. Uh, so consider me learned about one aspect of Macross. And his love of giant robots continues. I mean, yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna cast like any kind of like shade on a series for including giant transforming <laughs> robots. I, I wouldn't. Far be it from me. You're to the do one that. that watched that fucking train anime. <laughs> you mean the tr- the anime about um trains the, yeah bullet trains that transform into robots and had Hatsune Miku as a mech pilot and, and Godzilla an showed up and, a, and and Godzilla and multiple characters from Evangelion showed up including an evil one um train, train. That, ar- that arrives and then transforms while the fucking Evangelion like theme tune plays. Cruel Angel's thesis, yeah. And I, I was like fucking cheering and whooping like when that was happening. I was like, fuck man, this is the this is so terrible. I love it. <laughs> it is one of the single most incomprehensible things I've ever watched because it's like it was the movie for a series. Yeah. And I hadn't seen the series, so I'm not going to sit down and watch 40 episodes of a train, tra- a transforming train anime um, out of nowhere. But I will watch a movie. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, I-, I tell you what the name of it was, but it's got a really, really long name. All um, I remember is that Shinkansen was in there. Yeah. If, if you look for transforming train anime, you'll find it. <laughs> yep. Uh, but yeah. Um, Venice is cool, I guess. Venice <laughs> is cool. That. Yes. Um, so we should move on to the next one, uh, which is uh, one that I don't think will surprise absolutely anybody, which is the classic X-Wing. Yeah. I mean, what can you even say? Yeah, that got uh, 26.1% of the votes, and I honestly can't blame anyone for that. Like, yeah. It is it is a, a classic design. You know, it's been there since since the beginning, and yeah. It, it is it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, canonically, uh, they were made by Incom Corporation, uh, later Incom Frytech. Uh, okay. And there were many, many different models. Um, the Rebel ones that we see are usually T-65Bs. The Resistance ones you see are T-70s. And the New Republic models that you occasionally see uh, are T-85s. Yeah. Uh, now, that gets way more complicated <laughs> if you look at it from Legends, because if I remember correctly... Oh. Uh, Some of the X-Wings are T-65s and some are T-65Bs, but we will just put a line underneath that and just say that, as per new canon, the Rebel ones you see... talk about the Stealth X. We are not talking about the Stealth X. That is a Legends thing, and (laughs) we are not talking about the Stealth X. Um, All X-Wings are broadly the same thing, um, being, you know, a, uh, a ship with, like, a big pointy fuselage and four wings... Uh, with a laser cannon at the end of each of them, and the wings yep. separate into the X shape that gets them their name. Indeed. Uh, 
The T-65B was 13.4 metres long with an 11.76 metre wide wingspan and it cost 150,000 imperial credits. Mm. Uh, Or you can get a used one for 65,000. So that's a bargain, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. I guess. (laughs) By the way, uh, due to like things like the West End Games um, RPG... Uh, yeah. There's like prices for pretty much everything from the old canon, like for how much oh, yeah. it costs to buy. Um, I think this is the only one I noted it down for, um, just so I can make you aware that that's a fact. Uh, yeah. That's you know, like there's like I like, love the cr- idea of like a fucking used Starfighter dealership though, with like a really dodgy dude <laughs> yeah. trying to sell you a used T65B. <laughs> <laughs> Slaps bonnet, cannon falls off. It's like, well, okay, well now it's more of a. I don't know, a Y-Wing? No, that's already a thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, canonically, um, it's descended from the design of the Z-95 Headhunter and the ARC-170, yes. uh, both of which were also made by Incom Corporation. And both are fucking rad. Um, it was originally designed for the Empire, um, but after building a bunch, uh, that project was sidelined for the TIE Fighter-like uh, line of ships. Let and me guess, so... the X-Wing was too more expensive than they wanted. I believe that is the reason, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, they ended up being used by the Rebellion. I believe partly out of spite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Kong's um, like, fuck these guys. Which is funny because it was originally designed for the Empire. And then later on, uh, I don't think I mentioned this, but the TIE Interceptor was made to combat the X-Wing. Because yep. X-Wings were, were were so good at killing TIE fighters. They are. There's, there's less X-Wings, but by fuck, they're good quality <laughs> compared to because TIEs. They have a shield, they have a hyperdrive. They have a decent hyperdrive as well, because uh, yeah. hyperdrives in um, Star Wars um, come in classes. Um, I think, like, so, for for example, a I think a Star Destroyer, like Star Destroyers, those kind of big ships, they have a class 2 hyperdrive. Uh, things like X-Wings have a class 1 hyperdrive, which is faster, and something like the Falcon has a point nor uh, a point five hyperdrive. Yeah, because... Because the lower the number, the faster. And never stop tweaking the fucking thing. Yeah. Um... Oh, there was a... Uh, the, you, you probably noticed it because obviously it's in the movie, but there was a full-size one made uh, for A New yes. Hope. And, and obviously other ones were built for later movies, um, yeah. like, um, you know, uh, the the one that um, uh, Poe has. Yep. Um, full-size ones that were built. So. And there are full-size ones at um, Galaxy's Edge. Yes. Um, and yeah, as I mentioned earlier, it's uh, one of the few Starfighters to actually be uh, mentioned by name in the original trilogy. Because uh, they say things like TIE Fighter, but I don't think they mention the name of any of the other Rebellion fighters. Yeah. So the X-Wing's the only one they actually say. Oh, do you want to tell the, the, the nice people how Luke was able to get the hang of the controls to the X-Wing so quickly? Oh, it's because he was used to flying a T-16, which is the Skyhopper, uh, which was also made by Incom. So they had similar co- uh, like controls. If, that's the because, reason. you know, we all needed to actually know that and not just yeah. be like, okay, that's fine. He's he's the protagonist. Um, he yeah. can just fly. It's fine. He says he's a pilot. We don't need to know any more than that. Yeah. Um, hey, hell, fucking Biggs. Good old Biggs uh, said he's the best Biggs uh, Dark bush Lighter. pilot. The best bush pilot he's ever known or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, in, in Legends, uh, the X-Wing was eventually replaced with the E-Wing, but E-Wings suck, um, so yeah. X-Wings stuck yeah. around. Yeah, I'd... Uh... E-wings would okay. E-wings are fine. Um, if you're not familiar with an E-wing, go look one up. They look terrible. Um, but I think they'd be fine if they didn't have the little gun on top. Um, yeah, 
Yeah. If they, they just... look a bit too Battlestar Galactica to me. I actually get that. I actually, I actually find that to be a problem with a lot of the um, like expanded universe stuff. Expanded universe stuff from like the eighties and nineties. Unless like, it's unless it's Kotor. I mean, that's not eighties and nineties, mind you. I apologize, but yeah. yeah, Kotor at least had its own design language. Yeah. Shit, I remember that was the other rule I meant to mention in the uh, in the introduction. God, I'm on fire today. Oh, uh, yeah. we did literally. We, it's too hot. Uh, we didn't pick anything from uh, the old Republic um, yeah. because uh, that is its whole other thing by itself. And honestly, the design language in that is so different that it feels weird to include them. Yeah, um, and we don't mean that in a bad way. It's just they. No, it, it feels like they went in and went. Okay, we need to recreate the Star Wars universe without ever having seen Star Wars, kind of thing. Yeah, everything in it feels like uh, feels like um, it was designed by people that had never seen Star Wars, but they had someone who really knew Star Wars describing things to them. Yeah, and it gives it this totally different life. Yeah, and I say that as a wholly positive thing. Like, that is not a negative. I mm-hmm. actually think it's really cool. Uh, but it does mean it's, it's a whole other thing, and we thought yeah. it was best not to include it. Um, plus, uh, how do, where does the Old Republic sit canonically these days? Is it canon? Is it legends? Grey-ish, is... because Revan exists and we know that. Mm. So the Old Republic thus must exist, just maybe not in the form that we saw mm. in KOTOR. Okay. Although they are doing another KOTOR game, so maybe we'll get that answered. Hmm. Yeah, I, I would be interested. Um, but yeah, what I was saying was like a lot of the, like especially like the RPG West End game series stuff. Yeah. Um like a lot of ships that were designed for that they have a they have a design aesthetic to them that feels v- would is like very generic sci-fi and doesn't to me anyway doesn't have the flair of Star Wars so I tend not yeah. to like many of the designs from it there's something about the designs for Star Wars and it might just be the how grounded they feel compared to a lot of other sci-fi shows that lends mm. them this extra touch yeah, and I, I just found a lot of the ships designed for that era, unless they were heavily based on an existing ship, like, I, I'm not a big fan of them, but um, the TIE Defender, I think, comes from that era. Um, yeah. I, I think, cause, I mean, actually, I think they were originally in a video game, but it was, you know, from that Oh, era. I don't know, Thrawn has a hand in it, I don't fucking know. Uh, also, um, the uh, Z-95 comes from that era as well. Yeah. Um, and some of them look fun, but that's obviously because they're so heavily based in, like, the designs of yeah. existing ships. But in short, yeah, the E-Wing sucks, and so I understand why, even canonically, they were like, no, we should just keep the X-Wing, because the X-Wings yeah. are better. Hey, at least you don't have us talking about a fucking K-Wing. Uh, I don't want to ever talk it's about It's called that because the designer was on ketamine at the time. Anyway. <laughs> uh- <laughs> um, yeah, um, I know some people really like the K-Wing, but again, that's very much from that era, and it just doesn't really feel like a Star Wars ship to me, and it's also really messy, and uh, I don't like yeah. it. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so yeah, one of the most notable things about the X-wing is, of course, the wings that separate into the X. Um, the S foils. The S foils. Um, now there are numerous reasons for things doing that on ships in Star Wars. Um, for in-atmosphere stability, to prevent overheating, to increase weapon spread. You know, um, mm-hmm. just I think, think the X-wing's about a bolt of the weapon spread and heating, right? Yeah, I, I can't remember exactly offhand what what why really, this one in particular. Does. I know the 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 arcs. The Arc 170's S foils is for heat dissipation. Mm. Um, um, the do you know what it actually stands for? S foils stabilizer. Okay, I'm asking oh, no. a trick question here. Oh, in, it doesn't mean c- anything. In current canon, it means strike foils. 
Okay, makes sense. Uh, in Legends, it meant either Strike, Stability, Stabilizer, or Star, depending on the book. Star? <laughs> yeah, Star Foils. Lock, lock, Star Foils in attack <laughs> possession. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is quite fun. Um... Oh, also, uh, so you know how uh, the, the, the X-Wings that were originally introduced to in uh, A New Hope yes. uh, were Red Squadron, but um, originally they were going to be Blue Squadron. Huh. But that was another one that was changed because they were doing it on a blue screen. And that of course. Right. Yes, of course, of course. Uh, I, be- I believe there's also something to do with that with the Y-Wings. I can't remember what colour they were supposed to be, but I think that was changed for the same reason. Mm. It didn't show up well. Uh, however, in the uh, novelization I mentioned earlier of the original movie from 1976, the novelization, mm-hmm. not the movie, that's from 77, um, but it does still call them Blue Squadron in that original right. um, adaptation. Because so they'll, be, they'll probably be of uh, working on older scripts and stuff. Yeah, yeah, they would have been working on like a pre-production uh, yeah. script so that they could get the script out. Uh, well, the book out. The, the um, book out, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, actually, speaking about the real world things, because like I said, I haven't actually been able to talk about the real world stuff very often. Yeah. Um, and like, of the original um, X-Wing models, do you know how many of them have survived to this day? I would imagine not that many because, like, from like, if we're talking about the stuff that was in a New Hope, that would have been made in a budget, and I don't know if it would have survived all that well. The only one that has survived is Red Three, which is Biggs's um, ship. Huh. That's the only one that is complete. Uh, only the wings of Luke's um, Red Five survive. Yeah, they're the only ones that survive. Which Red is- Five's the most famous one as well. That's a shame. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're, they're, I'll, I'll get it. There's some uh, there's some things later on I'll mention about why this is the case. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, another fun thing, like going back to like the original original stuff, is that the T seventy, the version that's in um, the Resistance era, the sequel trilogy stuff. Yeah. Uh, that resembles the concept art that Ralph McC- uh, McQuarrie did. McQuarrie did, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I like that design a lot with the cutouts yeah, and the wings and stuff. It's really nice. Like the way the wing, uh, the engines are sort of like like a round thing split down the middle. Yeah, uh, that's from that original design. Although apparently that's a complete accident. The fact they look similar is just they got some people to do a fancier design of the X wing, and they just inadvertently. It's almost, it's almost like Macquarie had his fucking eyes in, and he was really good at what he did. Yeah. Yeah, um, so that's that's fun. Unless we're talking about his concept art of Chewie, that's... Oh boy. <laughs> hey, come on, that became the Lasat, it's fine. I know, I know. It's um, just a face that makes it look like he's going... All the time. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. It's fine. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I like the X-Wing a lot. It's, <laughs> I, I don't think I'd ever say it's like one of my favourite ships or anything. Yeah. Uh, because I think it's just because no, it's, it's, it's it's a fucking Star Wars. It's just there yeah. and it's amazing. But it's not going to be. It's not my favorite. It's it's just because I think and I think it's mostly just because we see it so much. Yeah. So and and you and I I don't I know like you know a lot of people are probably kind of the same where you, you get a so- the things you get a soft spot for tend to be the the ones you don't see very often and yeah. the ones that are there the whole time. You, you're not always necessarily going to be your favorite. You know. No. But but I still like I still like them. Got and, respect um, them. And I do. I am forever um, entertained when like one shows up in something new, 
because again the distinctive engine wine of them yeah i can think of one thing specifically recently yeah mm, yeah yes mm. Mm. yes yes um yes. but uh, so yeah any any final uh, things to say on the nah, x-wing I think, we, I think we covered it on that one it's yeah it's just an icon it's a lot like the tie fighter as well the, the two of them are very much like they've been there since the beginning you know yeah they're, they're just part of the visual language of Star Wars at this mm-hmm. point. Okay. So, we are down to the very last one. Yes. The thing that won with a grand total of 29.6% of the votes. Yep. Again, don't point out that the percentages there are off by 0.1% of a percent because Twitter polls always do this. Yes, they do. The winner of our democratically selected best ships in Star Wars is the Imperial Star Destroyer, which also means I win too, because that was the one I guessed. I love democracy. <laughs> yeah, you got it. You got it. Good job. Um, But yeah, uh, so... The Imperial Class Star Destroyer is the Star Destroyer that you think of when someone says Star Destroyer. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Venator before it, it was made by Co-op Drive Yards and was 1,600 1, metres long. So, you know, a kilometre and a half long. Yeah. Which is a bit much, but that's what it is. Uh, um, symbols of power and strength, etc., etc. Oh, yeah. Um <laughs> So during uh, during the design process, uh, they were originally going to be called the Imperator class, um, which is a thing that was later canonized when they stated that that was actually the original name they had when they were being designed during the Republic era, uh, and then they were later name renamed to the Imperial class after huh. the rise of the Empire. Interesting. That's that's a really cool little tidbit. Good work. Yeah, and if you want uh, the po- if you want to know the. Um, fact about Imperial Star Destroyers that will make you the most fun at parties. Oh is, no. Oh no. Is that there are two versions of an Imperial Star Destroyer, an Imperial Class 1 and an Imperial Class 2. Do For you... the sake of the vote, by the way, we did bundle these two together because holy yes. shit, no one cares. <laughs> Other than uh, Web. <laughs> uh, the difference between the two is really easy to tell uh, is that the... Um, you know on the bridge at the back of them where they've got the balls on top? And yeah, the between, shield generators. Yeah, between the balls is a big array. Uh, on the Imperial 1, it's huge, and on the Imperial 2, it's much smaller. Um, the simpler way of knowing is that it's an Imperial 1 if it's from A New Hope or previous, and it's an Imperial 2 if it's Empire Strikes Back onwards. Um, it is simply a, cano- a change of model in between movies? Yes, Okay. Um, that's all it is. Um, I never noticed it until it was pointed out to me that they are two. They are slightly different. And it really does. They're Star Destroyers a Star Destroyer in this case. Yeah, but um, that diff- the difference between them is actually one of them, uh, the Imperial One, it's bigger because it's a tractor beam targeting array, and it's just a sensor array on an oh Imperial Two, apparently. God. They've gone that deep into it. Uh, the difference was first explained in the Star Wars Rules Companion for the West End Games RPG, because ah. 80% of all unnecessary, over-explained things in Star Wars come from the West End Games RPG. <laughs> <laughs> I say that with love. Okay. Um, it's all also because of, like, it's basically just that the Class 2 is just a, 
a later iteration of it. Yeah. Um, so it does mean when you see things beforehand, that mean you know that will usually be a class uh, a, a um, an imperial class one. Hence mm. why the one you see in Rogue One is a class one, and okay, the one you the ones you see in Rebels are a class one, and that's why they have a more prominent like array on mm. at the top of the bridge. And those class uh, also, ones get punked to fuck out in Rogue One. Oh my god, my favourite scene. <laughs> it's also why the um, the Zeiston classes um, in um, Rise to? of Skywalker have um, an unreasonably large um, sensor array, array type area. Sensor yeah. array because they were just reusing the Rogue One model. Oh uh, yeah, I remember you telling me about that. It's a Rogue One CG model, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, even though they're supposed to be um, two thousand four hundred and six meters long, don't worry about it. Um, and they didn't scale any windows or anything. It to be literally doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, the reason why they look like Imperial Class Ones is because they were made from the Imperial Class One model. Because- I mean, honestly, the Rogue One model is really nice, so I don't blame them. But man, did they get a lot of use out of that model? <laughs> As they should. Um, so, uh, again, like, speaking as we did with the Venator, um, so whenever you see a Star Destroyer blow up, do you want to know how many people are dying? A whole lot of space fascists. How many? <laughs> um, they have about 9,000 officers on board and 27,000 crew. 9,000 officers? What the fuck? <laughs> and nearly 10,000 stormtroopers. Do they just have the stormtroopers in, like, fucking, you know those uh, tiny capsule hotels in Japan? Do they just keep them in those until the time is right? One Fuck can only, me, only assume. Um, so, yeah, whenever you see a Star Destroyer blow up, that's nearly 50,000 people getting toasted. <laughs> I mean, they're space fascists, so who cares? But um, We can, we can assume also- the ones that weren't actually space fascists and were just, you know, put into a cruel regime and have no choice in the matter. Uh, get out. They're fine. Uh, it's, it's 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 all fiction. It's fine now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so it is an outrageous amount of crew. Uh, it's something that's always kind of blown my mind when you watch Star Wars. And like, yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to work out the reasoning for nine thousand officers. Like, I mean, the I bureaucracy would... of that must be fucking staggering. <laughs> Maybe it's like Star Trek ship where all the commissioned officers are like they. It feels like they outnumber the non commissioned officers like crazy. Yeah. Um, but that's just because of the conceit of how it works. Uh, but mm-hmm. um, in in Star Wars, that's actually accurate. Yeah, um, they had about twenty. The Empire had about twenty five thousand Star Destroyers at the height of the Empire as well. So that's less than I would have thought. But at the same time, that's still a lot of Star Destroyers when you think mm. about it. That, uh, that's one of those numbers that actually seems reasonable the more I think about it. Huh, weird. Yeah, um, speaking of numbers that get ridiculous, um, so would you like to know the armament of an Imperial 2-class Star Destroyer? Oh, god damn it! How many turbo lasers? 60 turbo laser batteries, 60 heavy iron emplacements, um, 8 octuple turbo laser barbettes, and 10 tractor beam projectors. Yep. Now... This is the thing that you will see when you talk about, like, uh, Star Wars, um, the big ships especially, is... Um, well, I say that, we also had this with the TIE Interceptor, but... Um, where, because of there being numerous different sources to pull this stuff from... Yep. There is so much disagreement. Like, an Imperial Class 1 has a slightly different loadout, and you look up, like, the Legends version, <laughs> that also has a slightly different loadout. 
Um, but this is I a just, case I'll, of don't worry about it because it's a fantasy setting. I, ju- I just wanted to point out how utterly absurd the sheer amount of um, weaponry that he's mounted on a Star Destroyer is. Mm. Like, they are just a bristling... Well, when you talk, when we're talking about Star Destroyers and shit, it is, it's the Empire symbol of how huge their dick is. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it's... it is their ultimate sign of strength and, you know, ability to bend the galaxy to its will. Someone's um, been reading the Tarkin Doctrine? Uh, yes. Mm. <laughs> Which is... Mm, Tarkin Doctrine's a whole thing. Um, also, they did orbital bombardments for those things, so the amount of guns doesn't surprise me. It just makes me sad. <laughs> yeah. Um, would you like to, to make you less sad, would you like to know some information about the original um, Star Destroyer model? Please. Uh, so the original model uh, for the Star Destroyer uh, from A New Hope was 36 inches long, which means that despite it, you know, its entire thing being that it's fucking huge, like, mm-hmm. one of the most effective opening scenes in, like, a, a sci-fi movie? Yeah. Being the Star Destroyer endlessly going, like, over over the head. How, and dwarfing. Did, how slow did they move that Star Destroyer to get that shot to work just right? <laughs> Fucking hell. But the fun thing is, is that the actual model of it was about half the size of the real-world model of the Tanti 4. God damn. <laughs> um... Fucking, Cause, I, cause, well, that, was that ILM at the time? Yes, it was. Um, I, I didn't know if they had, had a name yet. Yeah, fucking kudos to them. And the fun thing there is that, because um, originally uh, there were going to, like, Star Destroyers were actually just going to be much smaller ships, and they were going to mm-hmm. be chased by, like, four of them. And then they were like, no. We yeah, should... they, 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 they made the right decision on that. Yeah. I mean, it was a purely budgetary one. They're like, we have enough money to build one big ship mm-hmm. whereas we can't build four smaller ships so and it works so much better with one yeah, big ship it absolutely works um so uh talking about people uh you know george lucas's bad ideas um <laughs> at, when seeing how small the starter Destroyer was lucas asked them to build a bigger one that was in scale with the tantu 4 and then ilm said no because this new camera system that we've developed specifically for this movie means that's completely unnecessary george and he was like <laughs> okay because they just rescale it. It's yeah. fine. Um, however, for Empire, they did make a bigger one, thus explaining mm-hmm. the Imperial Class 2, uh, which was 102 inches long. Uh, mm, the scale yeah. the scale that the model makers used was that they intended for it to appear about two and a half miles long, but obviously official sources then started scaling it down, so it's, yeah. it's much smaller than that. But that's what they were originally aiming for. Okay. So yeah, uh, I, I do get how the Star Destroyer won because, as I said earlier, oh, when, when my my totally. logic for for it, you know saying I think this one will win was purely mm-hmm. like yeah, people that like Star Destroyers really mm-hmm. like Star Destroyers, and it, yeah. you know it is it is a very iconic it's, ship. Uh, like the more I think about it, the more it makes sense that it won. I mean, you know, like it's it's a thing with um, Star Wars of it opening on a Star Destroyer of some variety. Yeah, it's not even well. Yeah, there's that, but like thinking even down to me, this is me being an asshole, pretentious son of a bitch for a minute. But in a visual metaphor sense, that first scene in A New Hope, where you see the Tantive Four or the Tantive V Four, as I've heard it being called, I don't fucking know, and the Star Destroyer coming overhead, it instantly gives you the idea of the scale of 
the small group of rebels having to deal with the Empire, this huge, like, thing that just overshadows them completely. Mm. It um, tells you I'll now take my glasses back off. (laughs) Yeah, it basically tells you everything you need to know about what's happening. Um, And who the bad guys are, basically. Yeah, it's... It, it's it's a strong scene. I don't think anyone mm. would disagree with that. Um, but yeah, I, I I do I do like the starters right again. It's like not one that I'd I'd like pick put in like my my top top things, but I do mm-hmm. completely understand it. Yeah, because yeah, it is much like the X Wing. It's it's such a thing, and, and the Tie Fighter. You know, it's such it's so integral to like what Star Wars is what Star Wars is and and it's you know as as shown by the fact that you know when when they are making other iterations of Star Wars in other time periods the arrow shaped ship is just a reoccurring thing mm-hmm. that they they bring in and it it just being a thing of hey it turns out like big star empires just have this weird habit of building these ships that look like this yeah there's there's like a kind of cyclical thing going on with mm-hmm. um with Star Wars' timeline that I find quite fun. Um, oh, yeah. And yeah, I, I, I get it. And so I, I, whilst it would not have been my, it would not have been my pick to win for my preference, obviously I, you know, this is the one I thought would, and I totally get it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, officially, um, everyone can stop having their own opinions now. It has been decided. Uh, the Imperial Star Destroyer is officially the uh, best ship in Star Wars by whatever metric the voters on Twitter decided to go by. Yeah. The Fight only them, argument, not us. Yeah, the only arguments you're allowed to have now about what the best ship is is whether you prefer the Imperial Class 1 or the Imperial Class 2. That's the only argument that's And you can there. leave me the fuck out of that one. Yeah, and I w- we would take it as a kindness if you never, ever tagged us in that <laughs> argument. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, that, 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 is, that is the list. That is us. That is, that is the thing done. Um, just a little thing I did want to add on the end, because um, I, I sort of brought it up a few times, about like, so when, when we did the Star Trek one, I was able to like go, oh, this, this ship... Uh, was sold to a collector in wherever, and yeah. you know, and we know, and like you know, there's a lot of detail about how these things were built, uh, and you know, you can get into a lot of there's a, a lot of like stuff has been collated online about how these how these things were made. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot less of that with Star Wars, um, and not much was saved because a lot of it was just junked afterwards. Yeah, because it just they were just like, why would we keep this? The movie's yeah. done. Uh, unfortunately, that even extends into the prequels. They still could, were doing that to an extent there. So there's a lot of stuff that was made for the prequels that were just binned at the end, which is really sad. I totally agree. Um, and also, just for some reason, I I know there's books and things out there, but I, I didn't exactly have the time or like money. patience <laughs> or money to go out finding all the books because a lot of them are like old specific books that like yeah. contain information about the construction of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not as widely available as it is for like Star Trek stuff. I, think I don't know if this this is a sign about Star Wars where it's just yeah people care more about the story than they do the behind the scenes a lot of the time. Possibly, possibly. I, I, I don't know. It, it, Whereas, it, like, 
I don't know. Because when I think about Star Trek, a lot of us are big fans of the kit bash weird shit they came up with. Mm. You don't find people screaming, like, not screaming, but talking about the models as much, specifically, for Star Wars. Yeah, you don't you don't tend to see it as much. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not that people don't, but it, yeah. Oh, it's yeah, it's not, not that it doesn't exist at all. But, you know, it's just a thought I had there. Yeah. Um, actually, a fun thing to note is um, that the ships for Star Wars were generally made via uh, their own form of kit bashing, which is quite fun. Uh, so what they would do is they would like make the basic structure of a ship and then they'd crack open. They'd, they'd basically just buy model kits in bulk <laughs> for like planes and like shit, like air, you know, aircraft carriers, yeah. cars, everything. And then just use the little pieces and the sprue to build all the detail on the ships. Or Fucking the phenomenal. On them, like I've seen some people go through, like look, like look at like um, nice um, glamour shots of the original Millennium Falcon. By the way, the original Millennium Falcon that doesn't exist anymore. That was destroyed. Just, just yeah. to make you sad. Um, but like they've looked through like the nice glamour shots of it and like gone, okay, so we can tell that that little little nodule on that bit there, that's like the bridge of this kind of like like from um, this kit, or World something. War Two destroyer. Yeah, this bit here is part of the fuel tank of this kind of British tank. You know, like yeah. they've they've gone through like points all those out, which is kind of fascinating. There's, I've, I have seen some photos, on, like behind the scene photos, like in the model making um, like department for the original movies, and like there's just a wall behind them that is just model kit boxes. <laughs> Amazing, because they just rifled through them, um, and you know, as as a, a Warhammer player um, that likes to likes to build, you, you things, feel a bit of a kinship with them. <laughs> I feel a kinship with them. I, ha- I have built many an orc vehicle via the same principles. That and plastic art. It is. It is my my medium. Yes. Uh, but yeah. So you know, all that leads up to yeah, just not having anywhere near as much detail about that side of things, which is which is sad because I would have liked to have had more to say other than yeah. just the in canon stuff. But yeah, How, it however, is. It is what it is. On that front, if you do know of a good book or anything like that about it let us know in the comments yeah absolutely because i know obviously there's like a visual dictionaries and stuff that show off the props and stuff but they don't necessarily always show off how they were made yeah more just i'd love to see off. some production like behind the scenes production stills of them building it and putting them like and uh painting them and stuff like that yeah yeah uh because that that stuff is is always fascinating to me like the movie yeah. is movies are one thing but the stuff behind them um, it's actually a really fabulous uh, video um, that was put out recently uh, by uh, what's his name, Captain Disillusion, mm-hmm. uh, who did uh, VFX Cool is a series that they occasionally do, uh, okay. talking about like uh, the 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 effects done in movies, and they did one of um, Flight of the Navigator, um, and oh, that is man, I haven't seen that in a very long time. Holy shit! And if you're interested in special effects and like model work and, like, early CGI. Um, mm-hmm. That's a really interesting video. I highly recommend that. Yeah. Um, and it's just someone uh, passionately talking about a thing they really care about, which is... Oh, huh, funny. You know, I don't know what I've heard that before. Hmm. The, the, the best kind of content. <laughs> yes, yes. We are the best kind of content. You heard it here first. <laughs> Owls is, like, you know, part, part passionate talking about things we like and part compl- passionately complaining about things we love. Or when it came to uh, oh god, whatever that fucking movie was, the Corman one. Battle Beyond just, the Stars. Just, yeah, it just 
became complete resignation about halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> that movie broke you, didn't it? Yeah, it did. <laughs> you worry. try fucking doing a story run through of that fucking thing. We'll, uh, ne- next time we do a story run through, it'll be something simpler, don't worry. And it'll be you! And it'll be me that does it. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, do you have anything to say about Star Wars ship design uh, before we before we, we wrap up? <sighs> I've got something to say about Star Wars, I guess, just off the top of my head. Uh, sure, in terms sure. of design aesthetic, in terms of story, in terms of themes. It was a very formative thing for me when I was growing up. And... And my what may be seen as sad to some people, but it was it's still very very important to me, to the point where if I just go into my desk for a minute, there is a lightsaber right here on my desk, a a nice custom made uh, aluminium body uh, hilt, because it's something that's always stuck with me. I can't really say anything to you because on on the desk currently there's a Micro Machines Jawa Sandcrawler, um, a Hot Wheels Luke's Landspeeder, and a um, Grogu figurine. Good, um, good. Are all on the desk right As now. As it should be. So I, I can say nothing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fantastic. Um, yeah, Star Wars from those magical things. Yeah, absolutely. I one of the things I actually really like find fascinating about Star Wars is how like you will see people who are not into Star Wars, like they didn't grow up with it for whatever reason, and then if they get into it, mm-hmm. it still starts to affect them in the same way. Oh, there yeah. is something that brings out the inner there's, child about there's a Star magic Wars. in it. It's the same thing I think in a the same but different kind of way, the Lord of the Rings movies do the same thing. Yeah, I can see that. They were kind of a Star Wars as well, but for a fantasy genre. Like, uh, you know, for for obvious reasons, they're not something that's been able to be milked quite as much as Star Wars, but... um... Thank you, Tolkien Estate. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, but yeah, like, uh, you know, Star Wars was a big, like, a big thing for me. Like, I I had a fucking Star Wars shrine growing up. So did I, as a kid. My my dad did call, tell uh, tell people I was a Star Wars fanatic when I was young. (laughs) Like, I had a shelf with all of my memorabilia and, like, my special edition VHSs. Yep. My, um, Star Wars uh, Tazos collection. Um... Micro Machines mi- playsets. Micro Machines Action Fleet. I had a- loads of those. I very recently got rid of the Micro Machines Death Star. <laughs> yes, I When I was gotten out of my room, you pushed the lever and the whole thing opened up and it had Tatooine mm. and everything in it. Yeah. Um, like, Star- yeah, Star Wars is just great. It makes me happy. Yeah. Like, yeah. One of, like, one of the... Like, I... There is a special kind of, like, smile that gets put on my face when I go to the cinema and then sit down and then a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away comes on screen. Yeah. And then the Star Star Wars logo with the the fucking theme tune. Yep. And the the text crawl. There's just something about that that even in the movies that I didn't like very much, that still still has that effect on you. I still, it still makes me just, it it makes me be seven seven years old again. Yeah. And I, I love Star Wars for that. Like, mm-hmm. as as much as, 
you know, I might complain about like Attack of the Clones or Rise of Skywalker, you know. The the complaints come from a place of love and not a place yeah. of pure toxicity. Like it's that thing of like, you know, you know, the even when you know it's like, oh well, I didn't like this movie, but oh well, I still like Star Wars. Yeah. I, yeah, I still, yeah. Nothing's you know, gonna ruin Star Wars for me. Yeah, like at this point, like, I've watched so much shit. Like, I, I, you know, it's like I've, I've fucking like every. I, I am frustrated. I, I every fucking week because I just want to see the next episode of the Bad Batch. Like, <laughs> that show is so good. That show is so fucking good. That's it's something that you know, uh, because of the discourse around Star Wars, I always mention in my streams if we're talking about it. I don't focus on the bad things and something that I love. Yeah. Like, the new trilogy wasn't the best thing ever in any way whatsoever, but guess what? I still have all this other stuff that I adore. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, fine. Some, if, if something you don't like comes up, yeah, you can critique, critique it. You can say, you know, you say your piece about it. No one's saying you can't. But like, yeah, yeah just move on. Move on. Go back to yeah, the things you, you like. You're better off moving on than just sitting there and being bitter about it because... Then you just don't move. <laughs> and I'm not just saying that to you, listener. I'm saying that to me, um, like, five years ago. Um, yeah. When I, I still had, when I was never, like, super bad for it, but, like, I still had those seeds in me until Star Trek Discovery uh, killed my ability to care. Um, <laughs> and I say that as a positive thing. Thank you, Star Trek Discovery, for making me realize that me being too concerned about lore was wholly unconstructive and made me miss out on fun stories. Yeah. Yeah. That's that, That's the thing with Star Wars, actually. So it's it's mm. a fucking fairy tale. It's don't get wound up in the little minutiae, uh, you know, uh, the moment to moment, you know, little things you can just start poking at and poking holes in. Fuck that. That's not what's important. It's about the stories. Honestly, yeah. And yeah, and and yeah, Star. I, I think we can just kind of like wrap that all up as just Star Wars is good. And it makes us happy. And that is... That I say while holding a lightsaber away. in my hand because I don't <laughs> want to put it down because it'll cause noise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking hell. So, um... <laughs> so, earlier today, um... I, uh... I can't remember if I mentioned this at the start of the podcast, but I, I spent, like, six <laughs> hours watching a, a, a show about Bigfoot. Oh no! Which was hosted by Dean Kane, which was also what? very funny. Why? Where, why are you? Why are we doing this? There's a reason for it. Um, See, I don't uh, care about this part, so I'll make noise, put my lightsaber down now. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, and it was it was like called something like the the ten million dollar Bigfoot Big bounty. All oh, right. And the point was is that they had a group of teams who were going to try and find evidence of Bigfoot, and if a team managed to find evidence of it, they won $10 million, which means no one won $10 million. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a pretty safe bet and a very cheap show for that reason. It's, it's on Prime in the UK. Um, if you're interested, it's very It's, very it's a funny. fucking reality show as well, right? Like, full yeah. on, like, people get eliminated and shit. Yeah, honestly, um, it, it is... It, it, if you've watched RuPaul's Drag Race, it is literally the same format, but with Bigfoot hunting. Um, and and the people that that in- entails. <laughs> um, uh, but what I, why I bring it up 
is because at one point there was a, there was a couple of guys who were very from the internet. In fact, they they ref- they were in like a forest and were like, oh, it's just like Endor. This way to the shield generator. And you're oh, like, fucking nerd! Mm-hmm. Um, in the middle of the forest, they were like, okay, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna we we've got a lightsaber here, and they pull out a toy lightsaber and start waving it around, and are like because the no- the noise and sounds will be unusual, and that might attract a Bigfoot. Or you just want an excuse to wave around a lightsaber. <laughs> you can just admit wave. to wanting to play with a lightsaber. It's okay. And you know the thing is, because I I know enough about this stuff, when they lit it up, I was like, that's an expensive lightsaber you've got there, friend. Oh, it'll that's... be one of the ones like I've got, and it'll be the yeah. Hasbro Force, uh, Force Effects ones, or whatever they call them, the Black Series, maybe. Yeah, it, wa- it wasn't like a toy one. You could like see, no, that cowling, that that's made of metal. Like, yeah. That's a nice one. <laughs> <laughs> it was like so yeah they they got out and did that um however um there is one thing that i think is missing from this podcast uh, which is that i haven't read any joke from the star wars joke book that my dad bought me for bitch so brace Long- yourselves everyone Longfang. Why yep. do womp- why do wampers eat raw meat? I don't know. Why do wampers eat raw meat? Because they're terrible at cooking. Because they're terrible at cooking, Wong Fang. Wong Fang. He's terrible at cooking. 